Welcome to Victory in the Word Radio Ministries of Renaissance Church of God in Christ, USA. We're the host, Bishop Dennis J. McMurray is our senior pastor, and Dr. E. Jean McMurray is our first lady. Join us in this inspiring time of praise, worship, and fellowship designed to encourage and motivate everyone through the Word of God. Now prepare your hearts to be blessed with Victory in the Word. James chapter 1, verses 21 through 25. These words are recorded. They say, Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. Say with me, the word will save my soul. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is likened unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deeds." So the New Living Translation of that same passage says, so get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word of God that has planted in your hearts for it has the power to save your souls. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Other words, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. I want to go one more place as well. That's the amplified version of that same text. Amen? So get rid of all uncleanliness and all that remains of wickedness. And with a humble spirit, receive the word, which is the word of God, which is implanted or actually rooted in your heart. Did you know the word was already rooted in your heart? Which is able to save your souls. Say with me, the word will save me. But prove yourselves doers of the word, actively and continually obeying God's precepts, and not merely listeners who hear the word but fail to internalize its meaning. Deluding yourselves by unsound reasoning contrary to the truth. For if anyone listens to the word without obeying it, he is like a man who looks very carefully at his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he immediately forgets 
what he looks like. But he who looks carefully into the perfect law, say to yourself, I'm going to look at the word carefully. Say it like you mean it. I will look at the word carefully. The law of liberty and faithful abides by it, not having become a careless listener. Say with me, I won't be careless with God's word anymore. Who forgets, but an active doer who obeys. Say with me, I will obey what the word says to me. He will be blessed and favored by God in what he does in his life of obedience. Say with me, I will be blessed because I will never forget the word. My subject for you this morning in these next few moments is rhema word. Rhema word. A rhema word is scripture. That's when the Holy Spirit gets in the written word and it brings that word to our attention. A rhema word occurs when we are facing a circumstance or a situation that's trying to trouble us or upset us. When a situation is trying to speak to us and tell us that what we see in front of us is how we must live. A rhema word comes to us to cancel the doubts of life. A rhema word comes to put the devil in check and let him know that regardless of what we see floating around, God's power and God's will is still in control. And just in case somebody's dealing with something that the enemy has told you will never change and you'll never overcome. There is a rhema word for you to let you know that the devil is a liar and the devil is a deceiver and that God is not through blessing you. Something significant about this rhema word. What's ordinary for me might be rhema for you. Because the Holy Spirit knows exactly what kind of word we need in any and every situation that we face. There's nothing that you face that there's not a God word to cancel it. There's nothing that you're dealing with that there's not a rhema word to put it in check. There's not a devil or a demon floating in your life that a rhema word can't put in check. I'm here to let you know that there is a rhema word to shut down everything that's contrary to the will of God for your life. For his son Jesus said in John 10, 10, I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. When a word shows up, our society has been conditioned that I'm not going to get excited until a check shows up. I'm not going to get excited until a promotion shows up. I'm not going to get excited until my business shows up. I'm not going to get excited until favor shows up. I'm not going to get excited until my healing shows up. 
In other words, the enemy has conditioned us that we can only get excited and only give God praise when what shows up what we're asking God for. But I'm here to convince you today to flip the script and don't wait for what you want to show up, but wait for what God shows up. For when God shows up with nothing but a word, y'all, I'm here to tell some of y'all today, you're just one word away from your breakthrough. You're just one word away from your change. You're just one word away from your miracle. As a matter of fact, your miracle is in the word. And all you got to do is latch hold to the word. And miracles will start happening in your life. It's something about a word this morning. And it's something about a rhema word. Y'all have mercy. Help me, Jesus. Rhema words show up when you're going through the roughest times in life. Rhema words shows up when the enemy's trying to convince you. That's no need of trying to live saved for real. The enemy really ain't going to mess with you real hard when you got one foot in the street and another foot in the church. And I'm here to tell you, folks then got comfortable now with one foot in the street and another foot in the church. Now, let me change that. They got two feet in the street, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then on Sunday, they try to jump in the church and have two feet in the church. But it don't work like that. We're not living at a time where we can say, I go to church. I go to church. We've got to proclaim loudly, I am the church. Jesus lives in me on Monday. He lives here on Tuesday. He abides here on Wednesday, Thursday. He walks with me Friday, Saturday, and we shout together on Sunday. I love the Lord with my everything. I'm not trying to shuck and jive. I'm not trying to put on because I want to make it in when the Lord comes. But people want to treat God like he's a genie, like he's some, you, 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 a, 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 a lamp. You, you walk up to him and you rub him. How many of y'all remember, what was that movie where, that, where you rub the lamp and I dream a genie? And they just rub it and the genie comes out and grants you three wishes. That's how people are trying to treat God now. I'm going to come on Sunday and I'm going to rub you and I want you to jump out and grant me three wishes. I'm going to live any kind of way, but I'm going to keep you close enough to me. So all I got to do is rub you. And that's why things aren't changing because God don't want to be rubbed. God want to be worshipped. God don't want to be rubbed. God want to be embraced. And that's what God is calling for us to do is worship him, embrace him, and stop rubbing on him. Our world has got comfortable rubbing him. We've become professional rubbers instead of professional worshipers. And when life begins to hit you and to smack you up, who ever told that lie? That when you give your life to Jesus, all your problems go away. That's the biggest lie this side of the Mississippi. 
As a matter of fact, you're going to be challenged more now that you're living for the Lord than you were living for the Lord. Because the devil didn't have to mess with you when hell was on your agenda 24-7. God didn't have to try you when you wasn't trying to live for him. But now that you're trying to live for him, God has to try your faith and the devil wants to tempt you in your faith. But I've come to tell you today, whether you're being tried or whether you're being tempted, there's a rhema word just for you and the Holy Ghost is in tune with you to give you the victory over any and everything you'll ever face before I finish my message you need to give God praise for the word that has kept you anybody in here ever been kept by the word when you were thinking about doing something that would have cost you your life, you'd have ruined your reputation, the word came and said, peace, be still. The word came to you and said, if you hold your peace, I'll fight your battle. Some of y'all was ready to fight. Some of you are ready to cuss, but the word said, hold your peace. I dare somebody to shout, rain my word, rain my word. The word of God ain't no joke, y'all. It's what God has given us to fight with. We got to lay down our weapons. Because this fight we're fighting is not carnal. It's not flesh and blood. But we're dealing with wickedness in high places. There's some stuff, y'all, you ain't going to be able to change yourself. There's some things in our society we can pray all day long, but it ain't going to change. But nothing going to change it. It's the will of God in this end time season. It's the will of God. God has to allow things to unfold. So our focus, our focus must be on being empowered by the word of God. For the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. It cuts going and it cuts coming back. So the historical significance of the book of James, see, in order to understand the impact of your worship experience, it's my job to help you to help clarify the significance of the text that we're examining. And the significance of the text is the book of James was not written by any ordinary person. You've got to understand something. The Bible is not a history book. The Bible's not going to record. The Bible did not record everything that happened so that we can add one and one and come up with two. Y'all don't have me today. The Bible is not a book about the evolution of man. So it's not going to tell you and answer all of these questions huh, that these people have about the word and about God and about the Bible. God don't owe us no explanation for nothing. How dare somebody say, I'm not going... I'm, I'm not going to follow God until all my questions are answered. You might as well dig your ditch now and put your red jumpsuit on now because you're going to buzz hell wide open trying to question who God is. How dare you question who God is? He who gives
give you life every day. He who protects us every day. He who watches over us every day. If he kept you last week, he's going to keep you this week. All we've got to do is know him as our Lord and as our Savior. And if the answer don't get answered, then say amen anyhow. So the context of the text is this. It was written by a man by the name of James. And James had an insight to the word of God in a way that most of us will never have it. For history tells us that James was the brother of Jesus. James saw him praying when others never saw him praying. James heard him speaking in tongues when others didn't hear him speaking in tongues. James saw the magnificence of God work through him in a way that no one had ever seen God work through anybody before. James was thoroughly impressed with Jesus because he was his half-brother. And so James is writing with a precision and with an authority that says to us today, I know what I'm talking about. You can't make me doubt him. I know too much about him. And that's the testimony that the Lord wants us to have. When we face difficult times, instead of letting times define us, let our relationship with God define us. You need to say to the devil and stop crying and stop worrying and point your finger in his eye and tell him you can't make me doubt God. I know too much about God. Is there anybody in here that know a little something, something about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Do you know him as a healer? Do you know him as a waymaker? Do you know him as a burden bearer? Do you know him as a heavy load sharer? Is there anybody in here that know that the Lord is good all the time and all the time the Lord is good? Then jump to your feet and give King Jesus seven seconds worth of praise. Just for a few minutes, can I theologically examine the text to remove some more points out of it that I think we need to have in order to have an empowered kind of lifestyle? The next point that I want to make is this. The people that James were writing to or the audience he was writing to were Jewish Christians. For the average listener, all they hear is Christian. But the text and its background contextuality says Jewish Christians. You have to understand, there's a fancy word called an oxymoron. And that is a word that says two things will never go together. Let me break it down even further. Oil and water will never mix together. If you try to put oil and water together, they will always run from each other. They'll be separate because oil can't take on water and water can't take on oil. Jews during that time did not believe that Jesus Christ was the Lord and Savior. And so while there was revival after revival and teaching and preaching upon teaching and preaching that Jesus was the Savior of the world, for the Jewish community, they did not receive, no embrace Jesus Christ as their Savior that they were waiting for. And so Jesus had such a profound impact on this group of 
Jews until the word was so rich, the word was so thick, until they walked away from what they had been taught all their life. They gave up the way they lived all their lives and they had an undeniable experience with Jesus the Christ where they said it's not about what I believe. It's about embracing the belief of Jesus Christ. In other words, the Lord changed them from the inside out and the only way you're going to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you got to let the Holy Ghost change you from the inside out. Is there anybody in here? God has done an inside job on you. I don't walk like I used to walk. I don't talk like I used to talk. Can I get a witness in here? don't live like I used to live cause I came to a point where I found out that can't nobody do me like the Lord can can't nobody do me like the Lord can he picked me up and he turned me around and placed my feet on solid ground I don't get down like I used to I know I was born in sin and sleeping in iniquity but all one day he touched me and all the joy that fills my soul something happened and now I know I'm saying do I have any saved folks in this house this morning jump to your feet and shout I'm saved Well, getting too excited, going too fast, but I want y'all to understand this stuff. And so you had these Jewish Christians who had to give up their Jewish family. These Jewish Christians who had to give up their Jewish friends these Jewish Christians who had to give up everything that made them exclusively Jewish. And they were just like all out here by themselves in this new family called the church family. If there's one thing about Jews, they rehearse from generation to generation to generation what makes them exclusively Jewish. And so here these people are now believing something that has caused them to lose everything that has made them what they are to this point in life. And the enemy, the devil, thought they were vulnerable. And he started tearing them up one side down the other with all kind of tribulations, with all kind of temptations, and all kind of doubts then at the same time, it's just enough to be tempted by the devil and messed up by the devil. And mess with, if all I had to deal with was just the devil messing with me, we'd be all right because we know how to fight. But we're dealing with the devil. We're dealing with the devil messing with us. Then our faith is being tried. So we're dealing with temptations and trials. The trying of our faith is the qualifiers for promotion. The temptation by Satan is to block us from getting the promotion. And there we are stuck in the middle, don't know which way to turn, 
The devil's telling me you ain't going to make it. God telling you, hold on to my unchanging hand. And you stuck in the middle trying to make sense out of all of it. Can I talk to you a little bit more? That's where they were in James. They were stuck in the middle. And they were beginning to say, if I hadn't embraced Jesus, maybe I'd be all right. Because my Jewish cousin them still doing good. My Jewish brothers and sisters are still doing well. My Jewish family is still, I can't even go to the family reunion no more. Because I don't do the Jewish stuff that, they use, that, that they're doing. I don't fit in. I try to fit in. My money ain't right. My life ain't right. And James is trying to tell me that I need to wait on his brother. How many of y'all are waiting on James's brother right now? It's hard when you got to wait on Jesus. It's hard when you got to wait broke. Wait hurt. Wait disgusted. Wait disappointed. Wait misunderstood. Wait sick. But the rhema word says, but those that wait upon the Lord. So the Jewish Christians were at a place where they were living in a world that was sending all kinds of messages that living wrong is right. Everywhere they turned, living wrong was right. Now you've got to analyze this for a moment. They didn't fit in nowhere else. So where they spent the most of their time was around other Christian believers. And in the midst of Christian believers, that's where the message was being given to them that living wrong is right. That's why sometime in church, you got to walk alone. Today, you don't know the difference between the person in church who is rubbing the Lord and worshiping the Lord. Because initially rubbing him and worshiping looks the same. But God is revealing the truth now. And the cover's being pulled off of the worshipers and the rubbers. I ain't going to spend time with the cover being pulled off the rubbers. I'm going to spend time talking about the cover being pulled off the worshiper. And the cover that I'm talking about is not a cover up, but the cover that I'm talking about because you had to be covered as he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most Y'all been going through a season where the Lord has had you covered up. What's going on hasn't been able to affect you because you've been covered in the blood. Huh? You may think you can't see, huh? but you're seeing clearly now. Huh? What you're seeing is the blood of the lamb huh? covering your eyes so you won't see the mess that's going on around you. Huh? You may not be going forward because you're covered. Huh? There comes a time in your life where you got to just sit still huh? and wait on the Lord to work some stuff out. Huh? And so the Lord had to cover you in his blood huh? so you couldn't see huh? because because if you could have saw, you would have made a move that God wouldn't have approved. So he had to cover you. But God has completed the work that he needed to complete. Now it's time to come out from underneath the cover and worship the Lord in spirit and truth. It's a new season. It's a new day. 
way. A fresh anointing has come your way. I dare you to jump to your feet and say, I've been covered in the blood. So James, James says to us, as he said to the people he was preaching to through the epistle of James, he said, y'all, we can't just be hearers of the word. But he said, we got to do the word. And that's how I want to encourage y'all because the Christian community is full of people who know the book from the beginning to the ending and everything in between. But they ain't doing what they're reading. Can I tell y'all something? You can't read your way to heaven. But you got to worship your way to heaven. In the beginning was the word. And the word was God. And the word was with God. Mm -hmm. This rhema word is Jesus. Thank you for listening to Victory in the Word Radio Ministries of Renaissance Church of God in Christ USA, where our senior pastor is Bishop Dennis J. McMurray and Dr. E. Jean McMurray is our First Lady. It is our prayer that you've been moved by the Word of God. We welcome you to join us, our Sunday morning worship service at 1030 a.m. on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you for joining Victory in the Word. And until next time, walk in victory.